turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. I'm not old at all. I don't. I don't feel old at all. <laughs> <laughs> How did we get from LDS Apostles to what time you can buy beer? Counterculture. Yeah, okay. Beer is way more interesting. I, I agree. <laughs> beer is way more interesting. I wouldn't kill a Everybody, welcome back to the Utah Outcasts for the 4th of October 2015. This is the flagship podcast from Podhell Media, which you can only find at podhell.com. So when you get a second, come to the site, give us a little love. We've got a contact form which you can reach us through, but again, we have lots of ways to reach us. You can email us at uo at podhell.com. You can text or voicemail 347 669 3377. Of course, we're on Facebook at Utah Outcasts and Twitter at Utah Outcasts. So let's get to the panel. So, first up is my partner in crime at watchplayread.com, Caitlin Booth. Hi. And our returning guest this week, Landon Campbell. Thanks for having me back. So, what have you guys been up to this week? I've been preparing for New York Comic Con. 
I've just been kind of doing the typical grind. <clears throat> Work, nothing super exciting. Oh, work's never super exciting. So when is uh, when is New York Comic Con, Caitlin? I it I leave late Tuesday night, and it is this coming Thursday through Sunday. That's fine. So you're uh, you're still doing the the single carry on bag for New York public transportation. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. I don't really know how I'm going to end up getting all of my stuff via the subway. So it'll be interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. Where two of everything. Pretty much. Uh and and of of course the the work has consumed our regular host. Uh Extra for Reed is stuck at work thanks to the end of the fiscal year. Uh and of course I am Kyle Steenblick. We'll be your hosting on this uh nice little train wreck we're driving into a ditch tonight. So, before we get into our uh, fun terrestrial news, they found water on Mars. Yay! That was awesome. It was. The crazy part about it is they can't go near it. We've got like five robots up there, and they're not allowed to drive any of them anywhere near where they detected this water. I'm such a huge nerd for space stuff, too, so, like, I mean, I sent a message to you guys at, like, some ungodly time in the morning when they released that humongous 8,000-pixel picture of Pluto, and I spent, like, 20 minutes looking at it, just going, this is so cool. It's Pluto. It's Pluto, yeah. It's something, that one, that one took me a minute. It's something that nobody has ever seen before, and that's, that's a little difficult to wrap your brain around. Well, just trying to wrap your brain around the distance is mind-boggling. <laughs> we literally can't process numbers that big. I really don't think we're we're mentally capable of it. After looking at my bank account, I'm pretty sure I can't handle numbers like over 200. After looking at my bank account, I'm hoping that one day I'll be able to have an apostrophe in my bank account again. That would be nice. <laughs> For anything more than a 24-hour period, that'd be nice, yeah. Say hello to the money, say goodbye to the money. Stupid runt. <laughs> uh, so, so moving on to our uh, wonderful Earth-based news. <clears throat> Good old uh, Utah representative Jason Chaffetz uh, has, has announced he's going to be running for Speaker of the House. I hate that guy so much. Oh, don't worry. We're, we've got we've got some nice audio clips we're going to be getting to later, uh, where he decided to grill. <laughs> that entire video oh. is a treasure to watch. Yeah, so he, he's he's grilling the the C. Is it the CEO? I believe so. Yeah, is she the CEO of of Planned Parenthood. I believe her name is Cecilia something. I can't remember her last name. Yeah, it's, it didn't go well. It didn't go well at all for him. When your when your when your witness is telling you to check your facts, that's <laughs> that was my favorite part. <laughs> yeah, the Schadenfreude was very nice, especially being here in Utah. Oh, I just kind of wish we could go more than twenty four hours without doing something super embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, that's 
probably not really going to happen, but you know what? That's that's okay. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, well, he's going to be a long shot for the for the speaker position. We can certainly but hope. Probably, well, we can hope, but he's, he's probably not as long a shot as we really want him to be. No. I don't think he's uh, old or wide enough for them to <laughs> nominate him. <laughs> Politics! Well, I don't know. We're, we're going from somebody who's named Boner to... Uh, sure, we can, go from, we can go from a boner to a chafed ass, so that's fine. <laughs> I see what you did there. Uh, yeah, that, was, that was pretty clever, wasn't it? I feel proud of my, my very juvenile humor there. <laughs> Sometimes the only way to make politics interesting is to make them juvenile, because otherwise you just want to cry. It's juvenile enough anyway. It really is. It's really, right now, it's so, the, the name-calling in, in all the campaigning is so fucking unbelievably juvenile. Uh, and that's why that's, that's what whiskey's for. And it's not <laughs> even 2016 yet. No, it's not. We have a year of this. More than a year. Uh, yeah, I so, kind of get the feeling, though, as 2016 rolls around, we're going to see a lot less of the crazies and people that may actually, you know, get the... Uh, <laughs> the left worried because right now I don't see any viable candidate on their end on the left on the right oh on the right yeah no, the, the left has a few viable ones and people are you know the rumors are still floating because it's well over a year out that um, our Veep might run yeah I love Joe Biden <laughs> I yeah I I do I absolutely love him his interview with Stephen Colbert was absolutely amazing. And the fact that he said, I don't know if I am mentally capable of doing this because my son died just made me respect him even more. I don't, I don't know that there's anything he's ever done or said that has made me feel anything, but, but a nice warm affection for this guy. <laughs> there's a reason they keep, there's a reason everybody calls him uncle Joe. Mm-hmm. Because that's what he is. I once saw a Tumblr hashtag with Joe Biden in it that said, you basic if you ain't Biden. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's a good one. I like that. <laughs> uh, oh, do we, do we want to talk about... Uh, uh, do we want to talk about gun violence at all? Because I'm kind of sick of this topic. Oh, talk about politics more? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Let's see. What else do we have? Uh, we could talk about gun violence. Mm. Uh, we don't really want to do that. Ooh, we we can talk about we can talk about the three new surprise appointments for the for the new uh, for the new LDS apostles. Oh yeah. <laughs> when I saw the the Deseret News and Salt Lake Tribune front front pages today, I was like, really? Nothing else in the world happened. This is what makes front page news. <laughs> Separation between church and state, man. <laughs> well, it is Deseret News. Well, yeah, I expect that from the Deseret News. I expect a little more from the Trib. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's depressing. Those those reminders of their largest audience. It, it's still depressing. 
I try I try to forget about it every now and then. It doesn't work. I I do a pretty good job of forgetting about it living in downtown and working in the independent republic of Park <laughs> City. But even then, oh, I had several people get mad at me last night because I had to turn down selling them beer. Because Utah liquor laws. Yeah, because it was what? Is it what 2 a, is it 1 a.m. or 2 a.m.? No, it's midnight. It's midnight now? It's midnight in Kimball Junction. Oh, my God. If you go into Uptown Park City, they're under city law, and they can sell 24 hours. But where I work in Kimball Junction, that is midnight. Wow. Is that a county law? Because I <laughs> thought the bars in Salt Lake sold till 1. It is a county law. Mm-hmm. Every county is different. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Because like okay. where I lived right by the uni- but near the university in downtown, it is mm-hmm. one. Oh, and you have city you have city ordinance too. Yeah, the city ordinance up in Uptown Park City, like the uh, the mm-hmm. Fresh Market behind the Yarrow, and there's a a Seven Eleven down on Sweet Valley. They can both sell twenty four hours. They're like the only places in the state I think that can sell twenty four hours. Yeah, I, I remember when I was. Oh, I don't even remember how many dozen years ago this was. When when I was when I was a graveyard attendant at a gas station, there was the the rush. It, we we had to stop selling at one a.m. Mm-hmm. and there was a rush. There was always a rush uh, for people to get to get their 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 beer. Oh, the creepy Smiths on Ninth and Ninth. The rush at one o'clock is hilarious. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, I I remember it. if you go ten minutes down the road to the next town. They were good for one thirty. Really? Like I said, it's totally random depending on which it is county you're in. It's completely random. But man, seeing telling people if you if you like run, <laughs> you can st- you can get there before they stop selling. Yeah. Uh, but there's going to be a line. <laughs> and once the computer switches over, there is absolutely nothing that attendant can do. <laughs> I mean, I've lost count of how many times people have gone, well, if I just give you money, will you just pay for it in the morning? It's like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 it's computerized. Yeah, no, this was, this was, God, this was before we had computers in the gas station, really. Uh, the only computer in this gas station was the one that ran the pumps. And the only thing it really did was track how much fuel came in and went out. And it just printed these reports on a nice little dot matrix printer. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, we still had to do the slidey card thing mm-hmm. for credit cards. That's fun. <laughs> I'm not old at all. I don't. I don't feel old at all. <laughs> <laughs> How did we get from LDS apostles to what time you can buy beer? Counterculture. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Beer is way more interesting. <laughs> I, I agree. Beer is way more interesting. Yeah, but long long story long. I mean, long story short, surprise, they picked three old white dudes. Is there all, any other type? All from Utah. <laughs> all yeah. <laughs> no one's surprised there. It's I know a lot of I know a lot of people who are really getting really disenfranchised with with that. Uh, and these are people who are fully invested in it too. In it too. Uh, they're they're starting they're starting to get pissed off. Uh oh, our our good friend Kim Davis back in the news. Uh, yeah, so so her attorney um, let slip that she had a nice little meeting with the Pope. Described it as you know like a fifteen minute you know one on one meeting where you know he 
issued his his support, told her to, you know, you know, keep hang in there. Uh word got back to the Vatican apparently. And they had to go do like two press conferences about that. The first one was like, well, it was in a meeting with a bunch of other people and it wasn't, you know, exactly one-on-one. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And then apparently they kind of figured out who she was and decided that to distance themselves even further. So Why would the Italians you... even give remotely of a shit? Like, seriously, why? Oh, oh, he was. Yeah, he apparently had no idea. Oh, yeah. Pope had no idea who he was, who she was. Somebody like like managed to get her into this group of people, and so now they're coming out saying, "Well, no, look at all these other people we met with." And he's like, "Look, we met with some gay people. We we know gay we know gay Catholics. We we talked to them too." Oh yeah, let's. We just fired one too. Oh yeah. <laughs> I watched a... under the rug. Put that back under the rug. <laughs> I watched a clip of him, like as he was leaving to go back to Rome or wherever. He it was like him on the airplane giving a little speech to the people on the plane before takeoff. And he, I guess maybe it's his PR people. Like he's like, I don't know who this chick is, whatever. But his PR, <laughs> PR people probably fed him lines to mm-hmm. follow along with that. And essentially, what he said was he advocates a theocracy because he was like saying that. Uh, it was him saying that to um, what do they call it? Yeah, refuse to do something because of your conscience. To consciously object. Yeah, to to be a conscientious objector, and he's not he's not exactly wrong about that. Yeah, but he also the, threw the, in even if you're in the government. Uh, yeah, I mean that's his notion of government is a little skewed. He he lives, works, and breathes, and and runs a theocracy. So this is true. So Vatican yeah, his, is a fascinating place to visit. I I would love to visit the Vatican, just for the just for the the value of the art that they have there. I was very fortunate that I got to go on a, an amazing month long Europe trip between my junior and senior year in high school. We spent two weeks in Italy, and one of the places we went to was the Vatican. Fascinating place. I thought I was wow. going to get struck by lightning. Oh. <laughs> uh, I don't think lightning strikes the Vatican anymore. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> so, have you guys been following the uh, the wonderful "In God We Trust" stickers on the cop cars in various southern counties? No, I haven't heard about this. Okay. Um, so, in in a few few states like Texas. Uh, Oh, now I don't even remember what states they're in. I just have, like, the county names, and that doesn't mean anything to me. I think one was in Florida, and one was in Arkansas or Kentucky or something. Yeah. It's all they're, in the, the Bible Belt. Yeah, they're all in the lower right-hand quadrant of the U.S., uh, which I try to ignore as often as possible. The other embarrassing part of the United States. <laughs> yes. The embarrassing quarter of the U.S. Uh, so there are these sheriff's offices, and they've stuck, you know, in God we trust stickers on the backs of their their patrol cars and they've all gotten nice letters from the freedom from religion foundation uh urging them to take these stickers off because of course that's not the kind of thing you put on a government vehicle uh it's alienating to the um the the atheist 
community, the agnostic communities, the polytheistic communities. So, I mean, these letters, they're very, very well written, very, they read very well, uh, sent to these, these sheriffs, basically saying you should take these off, and these are the reasons why. Uh, now, a few of these, a few of these, these sheriffs have decided to respond. Uh, and the responses are absolutely amazing. Uh, so, one of them from the the Henderson County Sheriff's, Sheriff's Office. Uh, this is in Lexington, Tennessee. Oh my! Uh, this letter consisted of nothing but like thirty-six point font. No. <laughs> That's their official response to the Freedom from Religion Foundation. Well, if I'm not mistaken, the initial letters sent to the sheriff's office were written by mm-hmm. the first, first lawyers because they have a te- yeah. they employ a team of lawyers to send these letters out. So it's written in legalese, yeah. and it's basically saying, mm-hmm. "Yeah, cease and desist, or else." Yeah, yeah. They, these were like officials. Yeah. That's like a passive aggressive roommate responding to somebody eating all of their waffles or something. That is just ridiculous. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, see, and there was one from the Childress Police Department in Childress, Texas. Uh, let me pull up the text of this one because this one is just incredible. Uh, after carefully reading your letter, I must deny your request for the removal of our nation's motto from our patrol units. And I would like to ask that you and the Freedom From Religion Foundation go fly a kite. What? Are you serious? Just, come on. Wow. Yeah. Just, yeah, wow. That's impressive. Are, yeah, these these letters are well, they're they're poorly written too. Of course, I mean just oh, it's incredible, absolutely incredible that those are the types of responses uh, that they're they're sending out. Well, it just highlights the pig-headed ignorance of these public officials. Mm-hmm. And of course, both both of these both of these uh, individuals um, took pictures of their letters that they were sending, and of course, posted them on on their Facebooks because that just adds to the professionalism. I'm I'm really very glad I don't live in that quadrant of the U.S. right now. I'm just really glad I got out of grade school before social media was a thing. <laughs> Like Facebook, like MySpace was just really becoming a thing when I graduated high school. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm oh God. <laughs> yeah, I have I have tremendous amounts of of sympathy for for anybody growing up now. Anybody who has to be a teenager navigating the navigating life with Facebook out there. I'm not looking forward to that in a couple of years. Womp womp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, and in happier news, a public official in Tennessee is now under fire for making some cruel and obnoxious remarks about a gay high school student who wanted to bring his same-sex date to a homecoming dance. 
Uh, this one is just awesome. Lakeland City Commissioner Clark Plunk. God, I love that name. <laughs> I was sorry. It's the sound that is made when this story hit the media. Could you have? Yeah, could you have a name that that screams Tennessee anymore? Congratulations, you are officially the personification of onomatopoeia. <laughs> Clark Plunk made a number of outrageous and inflammatory anti-gay remarks and a nice Facebook post. Expressing his opposition to senior Lance Sanderson's desire to bring a male date to his homecoming dance by denigrating the high school student and all LGBT people. Commissioner Plunk posted that gays are mean, cruel, spiteful people with an axe to grind. While repeatedly referring to Sanderson as a homo and at one point declaring let the little homo sue. Wow. So, Lance Sanderson, go for it. He put it on Facebook. That's libel. That is. Mm-hmm. And it's in print. He's a city commissioner, <laughs> so therefore public servant. Yep. And I don't even know why he had to chime in on this anyways. Maybe he's uh, alumni from that high school, but it's not even a public school. It's a Christian school. Yeah, it is. It's called and I mean, yeah, Christian that's a whole Brothers other, High School. Yeah, that, that's a whole other can of worms, and uh, and um, yeah, that. I don't know. Sorry, but, sorry, Lance. You probably have to get out of that school if you if you want to survive this. Well, he's eighteen, but and I'm assuming he went to yeah. school there not by choice. Mo- most likely, yeah. Most kids don't exactly have a, a lot of choice in where they go to school until they're adults. Especially when your parents are well off enough and probably Christian enough to pay for private education at a big Christian school. Bloody freaking duh. <clears throat> yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to give you know. I don't want to give religious schools too too hard a time. A lot of them are pretty good schools. No, there's nothing wrong. I know quite yeah. a few people who went to um, mm-hmm. to judge, and they turned yeah. out okay. Yeah, it, there's really not a whole lot wrong with with private Christian schools or private religious schools. They're they're usually fine institutions. They just kind of they'd be fine at math, but not all of them are fine in the science department. Not all of them. No, no, they do have they do have some some problems with the science departments. But you also they also have to have they also have to meet certain standards. Yeah, and a lot of science education really really sets in in post-secondary education anyway. Yep. But they're, they're going to be, they're going to have a bit of a disadvantage in that foundation. See, but I'm almost wondering if this kid actually, like, he knew he would get rejected going to a dance or, you know. I, I'm sure he had, I'm sure he had to suspect. Um, but the fact that he got rejected at all is probably more the point of anything. It's like he's trying to draw yeah. attention to the fact that, hey, guess what? He's obviously out, or he wouldn't be asking. And well, that's like almost like a gay couple asking to get married in a, you know, evangelical church. A little bit. I mean, he's not. It's a dance. He's not asking to get married. He's yeah. not asking for anybody to condone anything they do. I mean, most. Most churches and religions are, are are starting to move towards the okay. Well, we don't really approve of it, but 
we're not gonna we're not really going to to stop you yeah yeah i don't think there's any like uh, suit there at all because i don't think well, he not, was not even against... uh, yeah i don't even think he was threatening to sue the school it was maybe just yeah. a, an awareness story and look look at the bigotry it's the yeah. city commissioner plunk why did he even stick his nose in it public official you know saying hate speech and publishing it to the internet because he, they, these people don't understand what the internet is or how it works. <laughs> I'm 100% serious. I mean, there, there is pretty much our entire government and everything is being run by a bunch of people where the internet was just fiction. It was science fiction. Science, it was science fiction to us growing up. And they have no idea how to navigate this new interconnected world. Absolutely no idea. I don't, they, the only thing I can think of is that maybe they think that these are private posts and that only a specific audience can see them. And, and in some cases that may be true, but how often does even, even that private post to a very specific audience get out there because somebody sees it and they, they repost it, they share it somewhere else. It gets out. But yeah, odds are we're, we're probably going to hear sometime, sometime in the near future, either about this guy being being sued for making these public remarks. I hope so. Or being removed from from office. Uh, but then again, it's Tennessee, so yeah. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Well, that and look at how much support came out for Kim Davis. <laughs> Uh, so even if it did lead to litigation, he could blow it up on public media and the news would be like, hey, a new one, Christian mm -hmm. persecution. Of course. Of course. Uh, uh. Now, if we want to move on to some guy who deserves to be persecuted, how about how about good old Ben Carson? Oh, yeah. So his... Uh, he just threw out there, um, for no apparent reason, that he doesn't understand how gravity works. <laughs> this was this was in response to uh, somebody at, at one of his his town hall meetings or a press conference. Somebody asked him um, about climate change. They said, you, you don't believe in evolution or climate change, I believe. And I was just wondering, do you seriously not believe that climate change is happening? His response is, is there climate change? Of course there's climate change. Any point in time, temperatures are going up and temperatures are going down. That's not climate change, by the way. <laughs> of course that's happening. When that stops happening, that's when we're in big trouble. After an after a break for applause, really? As, yeah. As far as evolution is concerned, you know, I do believe in microevolution, don't they all? Or natural selection? But I believe God gave the creatures He made the ability to adapt to their environment, because He's very smart and didn't want to start over every fifty years. Evolution so is adaptation. What? So then why why Noah's Ark? He wanted to start over, right? 
with an incest pool. <laughs> Ew. God. The implications of that movie creeped me out way more than they probably should have. Well, uh-huh. The new one? Yeah. Well, the funny fact, uh, it was like I talked to my mom. She went to the theaters and saw it, and I'm like, oh, God, a religious movie? No. And she's very Mormon. And she came back and she's like, I didn't like it. And I'm like, why? And she was like, it was too flashy Hollywoody and it wasn't historically accurate. To which I laughed. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny, though, is that movie is made by an atheist. Yeah, Rid- Ridley Scott. Uh, like, no, I no, think no. it was meant to troll them. And like p- parts of the movie aren't in certain versions of Genesis. Wait, I don't and... think Scott made Noah. It was um, Darren Aronofsky, wasn't it? Oh, God, now I can't remember. I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah, well... Listen it up. Hang on. Like the big stone giant angels that helped him with the boat and whatnot. That's... (laughs) If you want a more concise version of that, in the Mormon's Pearl of Great Price, when (laughs) Mm -hmm. Joseph Smith was translating the (laughs) King James version of the Bible into a more perfect translation... In his version of the Noah story, it sounded a lot like that movie. I I can't help but wonder if they read that version and was like, oh, this is some crazy stuff. Let's make it into a movie. It could be. And it it was. It was Aronofsky. See, my parents were both super religious, and they thought that movie was awesome. They loved it. They thought it was great. (laughs) Well, like, I watched it with some fellow heathens, and we laughed through the whole thing because it's just – it's so more fantastical and magical than Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, so the here we go. Now we're getting to the good part of uh, Ben Carson's statement. So right at the end of of that, his strange explanation of what he does and does not believe about evolution, he says, just the way the Earth rotates on its axis, how far away it is from the sun. These are all very complex things. Gravity. Where did it come from? Oh. I, Fucking what? How about, we, how about we just let that statement hang there and just move on? Because I don't think we need to say anything else about that. That's just freaking ridiculous. Uh, there's Yeah, there's there's comparisons all over the internet now to, to the infamous insane clown posse magnets how do they work <laughs> so congratulations ben carson you are now on the same level with the insane clown posse you are now an honorary juggalo congratulations <laughs> enjoy syphilis oh, oh ooh, God. dream debate ben carson and neil degrasse tyson on gravity <laughs> I just picture tyson just laughing the entire time it'd be about the same as uh Ken Ham and Bill, or Bill Nye. That was uh, good too. That one was painful. That was absolutely the most painful back and forth I, I think I've ever seen. That was terrible. I, I really want to see another one, but that was terrible to watch. Mm, willful ignorance at its finest. Uh, uh, so that, that brings us almost to uh, the 45-minute mark. So we're going to take a quick break, during which you, you may hear one of many PSAs, uh, or we might just skip those and be right back, in which case 
We'll see you in a second. And welcome back. And now it's time for our, our favorite section of the show, uh, where we get to listen to audio clips and make fun of them. All right. So we, we have a, a nice one from Glenn Beck. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> a, nice, uh, a nice Franklin Graham. The Middle East is burning because Obama cares too much about the LGBT. Uh, we could go with the good old Planned Parenthood versus Jason Chafed Ass. <laughs> uh, this one's my favorite. I think we might just open with this one. This is uh, this is Bill Nye asking everybody to please stop telling women what to do with their own bodies. Uh, this is from that uh, the the Big Think channel on uh, on YouTube. Yeah. Great series of videos. Here we go. Many, 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 many more hundreds of eggs are fertilized than become humans. Eggs get fertilized, and by that I mean sperm get accepted by ova a lot. But that's not all you need. You have to attach to the uterine wall, the inside of the of a, a womb, a woman's womb. But if you're going to hold that as a standard, that is to say, if you're going to say <clears throat> when an egg is fertilized, it's therefore all, has the same rights as an individual, then who are you going to sue? Whom are you going to sue? Whom are you going to imprison? Every woman who's had a fertilized egg pass through her? Every guy who's Sperm has fertilized an egg and then it didn't become a human. Have all these people failed you? Uh, it's just a reflection of a deep scientific lack of understanding. And uh, you, you, you literally, or you apparently literally don't know what you're talking about. I love this guy more and more every day. I, when I was watching Bill Nye as a wee tiny, I was not expecting to respect and love him just as much as I did as an adult. Like, I, he's great. He really is. When he um, had his appearance on last week tonight for their mm -hmm. uh, environmental debate, I, uh, he was hilarious. He was great. And I appreciate so, any, any guy who comes out in support of women's rights. Oh, yeah, any, this, this gets better. Uh, uh, when it comes to women's rights with respect to their reproduction, I think you should leave it to women. It's really, uh, you cannot help but notice. I mean, I'm not the first guy to observe this. You have a lot of men of European descent passing these extraordinary laws based on ignorance. I'm That's read as old white guys. Mm -hmm. uh, sorry, you guys. I know it was written or your interpretation of a book written 5,000 5, years ago, uh, 50 centuries ago, makes you think that when a man and a woman have sexual intercourse, they always have a baby. That's wrong. And so to pass laws based on that belief is inconsistent with nature. I mean, it's hard not to 
get frustrated with this, everybody. Uh, and I know it w nobody likes abortion, okay? But you can't tell somebody what to do. I mean, she has rights over this, especially if she doesn't like the guy that got her pregnant. Like, she doesn't want anything to do with your genes. Get over it, especially if she were raped and all this. So uh, it's very frustrating on the, on the outside, on the other side. Uh, we have so many more important things to be dealing with. We have so many more problems to squander resources on this argument based on bad science, on just lack of understanding. It's very frustrating. You wouldn't know how big a human egg was if it weren't for microscopes, if it weren't for scientists who are medical researchers looking diligently. You wouldn't know the process. You wouldn't have that shot, the famous shot or shots where the sperm are bumping up against the egg. You wouldn't have that without science. So then to claim that you know the next step when you obviously don't is trouble. When you, okay, let me do that again. Let me just. I love that he flustered himself. He was getting mad. <laughs> well, Bill Nye getting mad is, is kind of an ominous thing. Yeah, he, he's. Because he, he doesn't look mad. He doesn't sound mad. He's getting he, dad mad. <laughs> he, he's frustrated. Because it's a very frustrating topic. Believe it me, it really is. <laughs> At some point, we have to respect the facts. Recommending or insisting on abstinence has been completely ineffective. Just being objective here. Uh, closing abortion clinics, closing, uh, not getting, giving women access to birth control has not been an effective way to lead to healthier societies. This, I mean, I think we all know that. And I understand that you have deeply held beliefs. And you want to, and it really is ultimately out of respect for people, in this case, your perception of unborn people. I understand that. But I really encourage you to look at the facts. And I know people are now critical of the expression fact-based. Well, what's wrong with that? <laughs> so I just really encourage you to not tell women what to do and not pursue these laws that really are in nobody's best interest. Just really be objective about this. We have other problems to solve, everybody. Come on. Come on. Let's work together. That's just like a great big brain hug, isn't it? <laughs> it makes me happy. It makes me happy, too. As I said, I just, I really just appreciate any guy who comes out in support of women's rights. Just because that's, on a personal level, I do not want kids. And that if I were ever to become pregnant, I probably would not be able to take care of that kid. And I would probably have an abortion. And that's just the way I am. And I'm not going to presume to dictate what somebody else should do because of that is not my right. Though I believe um, it was actually on Friends that they said, no uterus, no opinion. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, yep, that's that's it. That's a, that's a pretty goddamn valid argument. It is. Well, I mean, it's but. That's interesting because that's how I've always felt, which is odd because 
I wasn't always left-leaning liberally. I, you know, grew up in a very red house in a very red state, and then I moved to Georgia and had very red-minded friends. And, you know, your politics kind of reflect who you hang out with but uh, until you, uh, I guess, unless you're one of those few that critically think about it and make up your own mind, but not everyone does that. Usually just adopt whatever is popular in their social group. Mm-hmm. And I was more right-leaning. I actually respected Glenn Beck at one point. Actually would watch some <laughs> shows on Fox News because that's what all my friends were doing. <laughs> uh, that that admission is going to come back to bite you in the ass hard. Yeah, well, this is almost 10 years <laughs> ago. so And I've, I've had a nice transition away from that into a more reasoned ideology. But yeah, even then, that was my stance when it came to abortion is um, I'm a guy. Therefore, I don't I don't have to have an opinion on it. I think that's up to the woman. As it should be. And that makes a great transition. So why don't we why don't we now listen to Glenn Beck saying how much he does not appreciate President Obama's comments on the Oregon shooting. And we can all be surprised at at, at that. Okay, I, I just have to tell you this. I don't believe I speak by commandment. Stop listening to the liars. Stop. You think it's really a good idea for him to t- be telling people to stop listening to his own show? Listening to the liars. And you spread that word to everyone that can hear it. I'm not telling you who you should listen to. But yes, it is very are. clear on who is lying to you and who is not. Maybe it's not so clear on who's not, but it should be very clear on who is. Glenn Beck. How the hell is that clear at all? <laughs> <laughs> it should be very clear who's not, who is and is not lying, but it's not very clear who's not lying. Um, but you should be very clear on who, on who is. What? Did that make sense to anybody? No. Coming out of his mouth, no, but if somebody more wise said it, then I would take it in a different context and be like, oh, that sounds right. (laughs) You mean people like Glenn Beck? (laughs) You mean he's probably just copying something that he heard somebody else say, and now he's trying to sound smart. Glenn Beck is the human personification of somebody who read something on the internet once and is now repeating it over and over and over again because they think it makes them sound smart. Like Pastor Manning, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, in the latte. Yeah, and every time, anytime, anytime Glenn Beck comes up, I, I like to remind everybody that he started his career as a morning zoo radio DJ, who everybody hated. Well, same thing with his Fox News show. It was a zoo well, show, and it was <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing. He's found something that gets attention, and he's just running with it. Writing the coat lapels of... Those, <laughs> everything that he just said are verifiably laws, uh, lies. They're lies. Verif- well, the, yeah. there's so much wrong with that, I can't. Verifiable <laughs> uh, lies. You can look them up right now. 
at theblaze.com. <laughs> and of course, what's also routine is that somebody somewhere will comment and say, Obama politicized this issue. Listen to this. Well, this is something we should politicize. This is the history of wow. this man. Wow. Everything, as Stu pointed out a minute ago, from the temperature to every shooting. No, I shouldn't say that. Every politically advantageous shooting for him, he politicizes. Every time the cops act stupidly, he politicizes. If it doesn't work to his agenda, like Planned Parenthood, uh, like Benghazi, Chicago, like Fort Hood. Chicago, like Fort Hood, every time it doesn't work to his advantage, he doesn't politicize. He tells us to shut up about it. It's obscene. So, no, he didn't tell anybody to shut yeah, up about those. Yeah, <laughs> pardon, but when did President Obama ever tell anybody to shut up about anything? I yeah, I can't think of any any point in time. Cite your sources, man. And isn't it isn't it awesome that he is doing exactly what the president just said that he would do? Mhm. It's like the Fox News and the right wings are pretty much just a sideshow attraction at this point where you know all of their tricks and you're just watching them do it over and yeah. over and over and over again. You can predict to the T what they are going to say. Somebody, like, I would not be surprised if there wasn't a, if this hasn't been invented, somebody probably will, some sort of Fox News covering another shooting bingo, where you can just mark off the cards and see who gets to bingo first. Because <laughs> it's horribly predictable. It, it, yeah, it really, it shouldn't be, but it is. It, it's... And isn't this is isn't this essentially the president's job? I mean, to, and not not in the sense of politicizing things. Um, he's supposed to lead the dialogue for your own gain. But yeah. yes, he he's this is what he's supposed to do. He's supposed to come out and say this is a problem and it needs to be addressed. The the solution or a solution happens to be a political one. There's no way around that. So, yeah, the issue kind of has to be politicized. Well, And it's time we start saying those words. Mr. President, that is obscene. We deserve better than this. We demand better than this. You want to talk about solving problems, let's do that. But to actually claim you're politicizing. George Bush couldn't be seen in a photograph looking down on the World Trade Centers. He couldn't even be seen in a photograph because that was politicizing a tragedy. This man just came out and said, we will, this needs to be politicized. I refuse to be divided by him anymore. He is a very small, sad man. The problems of the world are Objecting so much, much than he... I was just going to say bit. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit. Compensating for something? The amount that this guy fixates on the president is incredible. It's creepy. Yeah. It re it's, it's very, very creepy. 
And there's a world of difference between um, a photo op in in the rubble of the World Trade Center, in which there were several hundred bodies and a press conference to issue statements on another mass shooting. There was, there was some wild statistic floating around somewhere right now, uh, floating around out there about, about how many of these incidents have occurred uh, in the past uh, four or eight, eight years. And, and it comes down to something like one a week that this president has had to address in some way. Uh, I, I have something. And that's, that's, another... prob- that's probably in a, in a, a fairly kind of inaccurate number. Um, but, you know, maybe it's not. <laughs> well, that's something that he said that was completely bass-ackwards. He, he uh, I swear, 9-11 is like the Godwin of our generation. It is. And he he points at it and says, oh, yeah, look at Bush. A guy on the right, not like evil Obama on the left. He didn't do, politicize 9-11. Bullshit. Why do you think he politicized the hell out of it and he beat those war drums and used it as an excuse to invade Iraq? That's politicizing a tragedy. A tragedy. Well, they, they still they – still, they, that's what their entire platform is basically built on right now. So that's – they're they're so close to that issue, I don't, I don't think they can even – See it, which is pretty ironic. Mm. He is. He does not understand. He does not understand what is happening. Stop listening to the liars and stop listening to the people who are leading us here. He is not worth your time. It is really, truly sad to see how little our president has made himself and how little he has made the office of the presidency of the United States. It is truly sad and pathetic. No, actually, Glenn Beck, you know what's no. pathetic is the fact that you guys seized control of the House in 2010 and you've done bupkis. Well, that's putting it mildly. <laughs> I just really enjoy that word. <laughs> it is. It's a good word. We need to bring it back. I need to work it in. Need to work it in a little more. Um, that whole that's the irony of that that whole tirade that he just did is incredible. How long did he go off on somebody just to just to ultimately say he it, this is not worth your time? You just spent like over three minutes telling somebody it's not worth your time, not worth their time. And I'd love to know why he seems to think he is worth our time. Um. Well, he did have all that, that fun time doing a morning radio show with a monkey. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think I'm going to save the uh, Jason Chaffetz thing for the end. Because that's just so much fun. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Okay, here we go. Let, let's let's talk more about uh, 
how President Obama is is screwing everything up because he likes the gays. <laughs> uh, so this is this is Franklin Graham. Reverend Graham, why do you think President Obama has taken so little interest in helping to protect Christians in the Middle East? Uh, well, he's more interested in uh, in policies that are against Christians, and that's uh, in this country and going around the world promoting uh, same-sex marriage and the the agenda of the gay and lesbian community. Ah. Not even, we didn't even make it 30 seconds before before he dropped the gay agenda card. <laughs> oh, God. <sighs> I, I, we're just going to completely ignore the whole, the whole red herring uh, about the president being somehow responsible for, for doing anything for Christians overseas. Uh, that's... Uh, why? Why should that be his responsibility? If you want to get pissed at somebody, why don't you just get pissed at the entire United Nations? Because that would be more accurate. It's like... Ugh. Very frustrating. Uh, okay, so let's hear, let's hear more about uh, good old Christian persecution. Oh boy. Uh, and how it's the president's fault uh, and the gays and their agenda. I still haven't found that agenda, though. Me neither. I really want to, I really want to know what's on it. I bet it's fabulous. <laughs> and I'm not here to bash the gays and lesbians, and they certainly... Uh... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, nothing good can come after that. I'm not racist, but... I'm not homophobic, <laughs> but... I'm not here. I'm not here to bash on the gays. However... Yeah, However, they're ruining the world. Yeah, I have rights and I understand all of that. But uh, this administration has been more focused on that agenda than anything else. And as a result, the Middle East is burning uh, and you have more refugees moving today since World War Two. And it it, uh, it could have been prevented. Reverend, I want to talk a little bit about the Pope's visit. Uh... Yeah, that's bunk. Yeah, and any relig any legitimate news organization at this point in time should say, well, no, no, it, it's pretty much a verifiable fact that there there are not more refugees now than there were during World War II. Mm. There were a lot of refugees during World War II. Yes, millions and millions. Um, yeah. How many refugees are are coming out of the Middle East right now uh, because of actions that we took? I think I read somewhere it's like a thousand people a day or something like that, or fifteen hundred mm -hmm. people a day. Yeah. Now, granted, that's but, not a that's not a small amount of people, but still. No, it's not. It's not not a small number of people um, by any by any stretch. Um, but a lot of these people are people who have been trying to get out of bad situations for a long, long time now. I want to know these... when agenda became such a bad word. They say agenda I... like it's some sort of swear word. I know I've always thought of an agenda as kind of a good thing. Uh, it means you know where you're going. When I somebody says agenda, I think of like 
a literal agenda, like the agendas they gave me in middle school to keep track of when I needed <laughs> to get my shit done. Okay, <laughs> uh, agenda. Man. Yes. Uh, how did We're only 47 he... seconds into this one, by the way. How did he even equate it with the Obama administration, though? The administration had nothing to do with gay marriage or marriage equality. It, that was a completely separate branch of the government that took care of that. And I believe the only thing his administration did was he came out publicly in favor of it. And he said, hell it. yes, good idea. Yeah, yeah. He's like, yes, yeah. I support this. And that's yeah. it. No, it, it was and, just, yeah, just the tip of the hat to what was going on without his intervention or influence. Mm-hmm. So yeah. how is this the Obama administration controlling the gay agenda? <laughs> I don't know. Let's find out. As you know, the Vatican confirmed that Pope Francis did in fact meet privately with Kim Davis. She is that Kentucky County clerk uh, who a judge put behind bars because she refused to give out marriage licenses to same-sex couples. That's read as doing her job. She refused to do her job. What do you think about this meeting? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled that uh, the Pope uh, had this meeting. And I think that sends a very strong signal that he supports religious freedom. And uh, I think Christians need to be protected from these new laws that are coming out that uh, are discriminating against Christians and forcing Christians uh, to do things that go against their conscience and go against the teaching of the Bible. Again, homosexuality is a sin against God. Now, if a gay or lesbian person is watching, I'm not here to bash you or anything like that. I'm just here to say <laughs> the truth, that this is what the Bible teaches. And all of us are sinners, and I'm a sinner. But we have to turn from our sins, repent, and believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and God will forgive our sins, and he'll heal our hearts. Uh, and, and the Pope, to meet with Kim Davis, sends a very strong signal that he supports Kim Davis and what she was standing for, and I'm glad he did that. Ah, oh, fuck this guy. Seriously. Just, I'm uh, not here to bash you, but you're going to hell. Yeah, that's uh, not bashing anybody at all. No, not at all. That's... God. Yeah, I agree. Fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Dick. Oh, this one's good. We're going to talk about the uh, gay Gestapo now. Good old Brian Fisher says the bullies and the gay Gestapo have intimidated the Pope. Ooh, I, I want to see the gay Gestapo. I really do. <laughs> what? <laughs> what would the, what would those outfits look like? They would be fabulous. Uh, well, I'm, I'm sure they fabulous. would. Yeah. Well, what I would suggest, ladies and gentlemen, is that what this story illustrates is the power of the gay Gestapo. What this story illustrates is the power and the influence of the pro-sodomy lobby in international affairs. Big gay and the homosexual lobby, homosexual activists, have so much power that they can intimidate the Pope himself. That's the... 
I'm sorry. I, I, I heard big gay, and I immediately went to South Park. Immediately. Well, so we, we've already had we've had we've had the the pro sodomy movement and the gay Gestapo. <laughs> and intimidating the Pope. And intimidating the Pope. With your with your your strong pro sodomy rhetoric. <laughs> They're gonna glitter bomb Padre. <laughs> Seriously. I don't okay. understand this at all. What I the Bible says a lot of stuff. It says a lot of things mm-hmm. that no longer apply to a modern society. Anybody who has actually read the freaking Bible knows this. I have actually read the Bible from cover to cover. I've read the New Testament multiple times. It, I don't know where these people are getting these messages of hate because Jesus was pretty pro not hating on people. He was pro-love. Love everyone. Love the sinners. Love the whores. <laughs> love the sodomites. Love everyone. Well, that was the point. <laughs> if you go with the biblical Jesus, if he were to come around today, they'd call him a Jewish hippie Nazi communist. He would. They would. And then they would accuse him of being a terrorist because he would look like Osama bin Laden. Yeah. I just, I just want to know where they're getting the uh, the whole "thou shalt not do the butt" stuff. I don't remember the exact. <laughs> it's See, in Leviticus. It's pretty sketchy. That whole thing is pretty sketchy. This is something I've gotten into a debate with my very religious father about. I've always taken the Bible much more metaphorically than literally. Like, this is one of the reasons why I, whenever I get into, like, the God created the world in seven days debate, one of the first things I ask somebody who says that, I'm like, okay, what is a day to God? What does God consider one day? Does God even have any concept of what a day is? Because you're telling me this thing is all seeing and all being. Why do they have any concept of what a day is? Everything about the Bible, everything about it screams, I am not literal, I am metaphorical. That's why these are, it's just, I don't understand why everyone takes everything in it so literally. I, there's no reason I can think of. It just well, it doesn't make any sense. They're actually being bad Christians because they're pulling that verse from Leviticus where it also says his multi-blend suit he's probably wearing is a sin. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. planting his... Goat. <laughs> yeah, planting your crops next to each other is also a sin. Eating shrimp is a sin. These things no longer apply to a modern society. Things change. <laughs> well, I would argue I they didn't apply to that society either. <laughs> no, they didn't. It was it was a couple of guys who had who had ideas and they thought a couple things were icky. So <laughs> they they tried to to use whatever influence they had, uh, and that was to tell stories to kids. That's basically what the Bible is. It's a bunch mm-hmm. of stories, and, and you it's know, not even good for a moral guide. Because there's so much horrible shit in it. Yep. Yeah. It's like, have you ever read Revelations? Revelations is fucking terrifying. <laughs> Thank you. Here. The homosexual lobby has so much power that they can bully 
the Pope. The bigots and bullies of big gay have intimidated the Pope. It's the Pope who is in retreat. It's the Pope who is backing away. It's the Pope who is backing up. Why? Because of the the horrified reaction of the low-information media and the homosexual lobby in the United States. Uh, okay. What? Um, sorry, buddy. You can't call somebody <laughs> a bigot and a bully. You are not allowed to do this. It doesn't work, does it? No. Mm-mm. Unless you don't know what a bigot is. Well, maybe he's saying it, you know, kind of like the word ginger, you know, or me me calling <laughs> Kyle a whitey. <laughs> he's like, I am one, so I can use that word. That's our word now. Uh, Which one, bigot or bully? Both. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the good old big gay agenda. The big gay lobby. Well, that and he's making it sound like they're actually physically intimidating the Pope when really he's talking about online media. He's intimidated by how fast information spreads and how many people Mm -hmm. actually don't agree with him. And that intimidates him. (laughs) How fast people can call him on is bullshit. And the Pope's not intimidated by the negative response online. He's afraid he's going to lose parishioners and part of his company is going to fade away. No, I mean, and if if anybody, if any, if there were a, a big gay Gestapo, do you think the Vatican would have just fired the gay priest? Seriously, like, that no, makes... they, they they protect them and ship them off to South America where they can diddle kids without any consequences. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, come out as come out as gay with a boyfriend, you get fired. But you know, you. It's okay sexually, as long as they're twelve assault or, a few, yeah. yeah, you sexually assault a few kids. You're, you're okay. We're just gonna we're just gonna transfer you to another parish. The Catholic <laughs> Church is a mess right now. It really is. It 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 needs to pull its head out of its collective ass and realize that it is losing relevancy a little bit more every single day. And yes, this Pope has said and done some good things. But he is still the Pope of a church that is never going to agree with, you know, the way some people live their lives and seems to feel like it can dictate the way that these people should live their lives. These people who have nothing to do with their church, who want nothing to do with their church. Oh, yeah. And I, I've brought it up. I've brought this up on other shows a couple of times because the Pope keeps coming up. He keeps coming in conversations because people keep saying, oh, look at the awesome thing he said. Oh, wonderful Pope Frankie! Yeah, going, but you can go. You can go through historical documents and find good things said by horrible people all over. There was a reason that Hitler and Mussolini rose to power. <laughs> you can, yeah, you can't gain that kind of a power without occasionally saying something that a lot of people go, "Hey, he's got a point there," you know. These. People we've just been talking about the last cut this last little while are perfect examples of that. Mm-hmm. You say something that a few people agree with, and you're you're good. Apparently. <laughs> All right. Now my favorite one. 
Planned Parenthood oh, God. versus 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 Jason Chaffetz. Oh, this is so amazing. Oh. This is amazing. Yeah. So this is uh Cecil Richards uh, getting grilled by by Representative Chaffetz. None of the dollars that you were discussing are federal dollars, and the Planned Parenthood Federation of America receives almost no federal dollars. I think at this point only $21,000 so for a clinical to, trial it network. It goes to the same organization, control. and you just separate all that out. Let, uh, let we me go are to the last highly slide. accountable. My time, I'm, I've gone over time. I need to show this last slide. This one I don't understand. And in the case of Dana, did she, when she came to Planned Parenthood, did she get a mammogram? No, she was referred for a mammogram. Absolutely. And that's part of the challenge is that you don't do mammograms. So if you – well, go ahead. I'm sorry. I've you don't never, do mammograms, I've, correct? I've, There's like one or two places that doesn't, but you don't that's, do mammograms. If you would give me one moment to sure. explain. Planned Parenthood is a women's health center just like every, where I go for my breast exams every year. If you need a mammogram, you're referred to a radiological center, and that's how women actually receive their care. And we... You mean to say that every Planned Parenthood office doesn't have a, a hugely expensive mammogram machine? Oh, wow. What a wow. shock. God, Chavis is such a dick. Such a dick. Well, I love how he wouldn't even let her finish. No, that is just so incredibly rude. I mean, that's, that is like a perfect example of how little he respects not only this woman, but all women. He won't. Yeah, anyway, he is. Yeah, he's a piece of work. Yeah. We provide breast exams to – I can get you the numbers of how many hundreds of thousands of women received breast exams at Planned Parenthood last year. has nothing to do with I, – I don't – again, Here, here's you the created problem. this slide. Last, last I have no idea what it, it is. Well, it's the reduction over the course of years in pink. That's the reduction in the breast exams, and the red is the increase in the abortions. Where's the That's what's going on in your organization. <laughs> Uh, you, I, I wish you guys could see this 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 chart. Oh no, I've but, seen it. It is perfectly oh, yeah, symmetrical. Yeah, I think we've all seen yeah. it. It's yeah. symmetrical. It looks like something that like someone just took two different colored markers and drew an X. Mm -hmm. It is way too symmetrical to be anything remotely resembling fact. That is not what it, graphs look like. Yeah, it has it has four data points. Only four data points, and no scale. It's this is a ridiculous chart well, the number on the top is smaller than the number on the bottom yeah but you know because you made the arrows intersect it means something <laughs> this this is a this is a slide that has never been shown to me before i'm happy to look at it and uh the but it absolutely does not reflect what's happening at planned parenthood you're going to deny that if we take those I'm going to numbers deny out of your report? That you just shown me that you, no one has ever provided us before. We've provided you all the information about everything, all the services that Planned Parenthood provides. And it doesn't feel like we're trying to get to the truth here. You just showed me this. I'm happy to look at it. I pulled those numbers directly out of your corporate reports. Oh, my excuse me. My loggers are forming me well, that the I... source of this is actually Americans United for Life, which is an anti-abortion group. So I would check your source. Yes! Oh, I love her! Burn. 
snap, son. Yeah, I'm sorry. Getting told to check your sources during a congressional hearing. Yes. That's yeah. That's mm-hmm. That is everything I want in life. <laughs> <laughs> and then the best part about this video is watching his reaction to all this. He he's just. God, he's kind of slimy. He is super slimy. Oof. Yeah, he's... I really hope he doesn't become Speaker. I really... Oh, I... I highly, highly doubt it. But let's see how he worms his way out of that. Then we will get to the to the bottom of the truth of that. Mm-hmm. Sure you will. We'll now recognize uh-huh. Mr. Cummings for a generous seven minutes. I thought it was eight. God, he's a dick. There was someone Just, else who called him out on the fact that he would mm-hmm. never have grilled her about her salary if he w- if she was a man. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Here we go. I think we see if this is that video. I didn't have that one queued up, but I'm pretty sure. Now recognize the gentlewoman from New York, Ms. Maloney, for five minutes. Here we go. Thank, thank, <clears throat> thank you, Mr. Chairman. And I, I first would. Uh, like to register my 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 opposition and and my objection to the chairman beating up on a woman on our witness today uh, for making a good salary. Yeah. So this this was just after he just ripped into her for 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 making I think it was about just over five hundred thousand dollars a year, give or take. Which is relevant how? It's not. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's a lot of money, but this is not a this is not a a government organization. Uh this is a, a private organization. So how they choose to compensate their CEO is irrelevant. Uh, completely. So the fact that he brought yeah, it up at all is a problem. Oh yeah. Time I've been in Congress. I've never seen a witness beaten up and questioned about their salary. Uh, Ms. Richards heads a, a distinguished organization providing health care services to millions of Americans, and I, I find it totally inappropriate and discriminatory. Um, Ms. Richards, um, are you aware that there are over 285 rallies in support of Planned Parenthood, including one in my district today? and that many are calling today National Pink Out Day in support of the services and life-changing and life-support uh, services of Planned Parenthood. Are you aware of that? I am aware of that, and I look forward to changing into pink as soon as these proceedings are finished today. <laughs> and are you aware that over two point? So that was uh, Carolyn Maloney. Yeah. Uh, rep from New York. Yay! My my other state. (laughs) (laughs) Oh fuck! I hate I hate that guy. I do. I really do. I I cannot stand him. He he is just every personification of the word smarmy. He's a dick. Yeah, he is. Until I get another chance to vote against him. (laughs) I don't know. I don't live in that county, so. Uh, wish I did. Just so I could vote. I, I should move so I can vote against him and then move back. <laughs> oh, wait. I'm in the same district as you, so damn it. I don't know. Yeah. 
I don't know. Who who do you, who's your guy, Caitlin? Are you? Uh, God, who? I, they re, they redid all the boundaries. I I don't know who represents yeah, more, anybody anymore. More gerrymandering. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's split Salt Lake City right down the middle. Yeah, I can't. Remember. Or no, they did it. They did it in in thirds, didn't they? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. the The borders the borders are the congressional district borders are insanely political. Cut a city right down the middle. Yep. Hmm. Oh, that's all the, uh, that's all the audio we have. But that's okay. Because now we're at another, uh, good point to take another pee break. Yay. Yay. Pee break, smoke break, you know. And, uh, we will be, we will be back in, in just a minute. Welcome back. So now we're going to move on to our, our main topics for the, the week. Uh, we're going to talk with uh, our good friend Caitlin here about women in comic book movies, female superheroes. Uh, specifically, we're going we're gonna to touch on uh, the, the Marvel films. So Age of, Age of Ultron just came out on disc. Uh, Ant-Man is still running, running pretty strong in theaters. So how how are uh, how are we situated right now to actually get more women on the screen from these movies? Well, if we had had this conversation initially when we were supposed to, I would have <laughs> said it's looking very grim. But now that there's been this major shakeup over at Marvel, where Kevin Feig is no longer answering directly to Marvel, he is answering to Disney. I actually am feeling a lot more optimistic because Marvel is notoriously big on penny pinching and I have a feeling that Mm -hmm. stems from the fact that they had to file for bankruptcy back in the early 90s and now they're just incredibly paranoid despite having the biggest properties in the world right now Mm -hmm. and there were a lot of rumors saying that the reason why you know we didn't have a Black Widow movie why we still don't have a female led superhero movie is because why there wasn't any merchandise is because Marvel was so they were run on this one particular person who did not believe in them and didn't want to take the risk on something like that failing because they didn't want to risk losing any money. Yeah, and that, that makes – well, it, it makes some sense. Um, I can understand their paranoia. I mean, I, maybe I could have understood that paranoia if we were still in the middle of phase one. But after mm-hmm. the Avengers made a billion dollars, yeah, there was really no excuse. Well, no, and if you looked at the if you look at the the demographics for those for those films, the people going to watch those films, it's pretty well down the middle. Yeah, I believe it was something I like forty percent of the people who went to see Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy were women. Yeah, it, it's, I mean, as close to a down the middle as you can get for for any kind of a superhero action action movie. Genre fiction in general. Yeah, and and especially coming from properties that are not historically well. There's not a whole lot of uh, well-known female superheroes. No, not ones that there, there Marvel has access to. Most of Marvel's well-known superheroes are the X-Men. I mean, Storm yeah. and Rogue and mm-hmm. all of those ladies, but they're all owned by Fox. But they do have big-name players. They just haven't tapped into them. Right, which they are are getting there. Uh, Captain Marvel... Finally, is is 
yeah, finally coming. But they did have to push. They did have to push that one back in favor of uh, Spider-Man. Of course they did, because that's exactly what we need: another Spider-Man <laughs> for the third time in ten years. Yeah, that annoyed me so much. And that is that's yeah, that was a justifiable annoyance there. Um, it needed to happen. I I I, re- I really hate that I even can see and realize that it kind of had to happen that way. And Captain Marvel isn't the only film that got pushed back. No, they pushed back their first hero of color, too, because let's Mm -hmm. just be super awesome at the same time. (laughs) Yeah, but to do do their timeline, it, it was just, that was just really bad timing. I kind of feel bad for him. Like I, uh, I understand why they pushed back Thor Ragnarok after Dark World was yeah. not the smash success that they thought it was going to be, and it was not that well-reviewed. But pushing back Black Panther and Captain Marvel just made no sense to me at all. Yeah, not really, because the, the new Spider-Man is coming after... It comes after Civil War. Yeah. Okay, so we have we have Civil War. What's up after Civil War? Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange, um, uh, which Spider-Man they probably two thousand seventeen. Gotcha. Yeah, they probably could have uh, pushed Doctor Strange back, um, but they were already they were already starting production. Yeah. Um, so they were they were already into production there. So I, I I understand why they chose not to stop that train and get on another one. Especially if the indications about what Doctor Strange's place in the Avengers is going to be going mm-hmm. forward is true, if those yeah. rumors hold up, I can understand why they wanted to get that ball rolling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of the criticism leveled um, leveled at them about how they didn't roll these out quicker. There's there's a certain amount of, um, I mean, just justifiable criticism for that. Uh but also, these things take some time to do. It's something they should have started much earlier, and that probably does go back to uh, to, to who was heading up Marvel at that time. Mm-hmm. Well, there should have uh, been some sort of they should have been there should have been a a, a woman of color and a person of color and a woman superhero before now. They shouldn't have been waiting until phase three to get that stuff done. I mean, right. there's no reason why there couldn't have been a Black Widow movie slotted right into Phase 1. It would have made perfect mm-hmm. sense to introduce her in Iron Man 2 and then have her movie, like, mm-hmm. you know, two movies later or something, or right before the Avengers. Mm-hmm. I've always said that a Black Widow movie would be perfect to have her in the lead and then have Hawkeye playing her role that she played in Winter Soldier, because that would just be a really interesting movie. They have a great dynamic the, the the Hawkeye and the and the um, and Black Widow in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I just I I never talked to anybody who has ever said they wouldn't want to see something like that. You know, even just like a Shield movie, basically that isn't Agents of Shield. This was before Agents of Shield came out that I was mm-hmm. saying this. Oh yeah, and and uh, and we do have we do have Agents of Shield, and and they're pretty. Oh, they're incredibly diverse. I love Agents of Shield. They're, they're pretty. They're pre- they're pretty good. Um. In a lot of ways, they kind of, from the the studio standpoint, took a chance on that. Um, in retrospect, it probably wasn't a very big risk. No, it was going to do well. Um, and and they're also they've moved into their Netflix series, which we have Jessica Jones coming up now. Yay! 
<laughs> I'm, uh, I'm so excited about <laughs> Jessica Jones. <laughs> that's one everybody, everybody should be excited about. Yes, uh, they have just started reprinting Alias as well, the comic that just introduced mm-hmm. Jessica Jones. If you have not read Alias, you need to go read Alias. Mm-hmm. Which is which is where they got the original name from the series, aka Jessica Jones, yes. which they just shortened to just Marvel's Jessica Jones, yeah. um, which is going to follow Daredevil. Uh, they they did also in that news, um, in that in that vein, uh, they are in development for a new ABC series as well. Yes. Uh, Damage Control. I saw that. That's an interesting concept. It is. Uh, I have not read any of those comics. It's it's apparently going to be a um, a comedy. Yeah, I've heard like it compares kind of a to sitcom. The Office or Parks and Rec, mm-hmm. only people picking up after the superheroes. Yeah, uh, and I think that's a great idea, uh, really. But you know, we'll we'll see with that because we don't know anything about that series. No. Uh, so they they do have some good opportunities to to bring in um, to bring in more diversity. Mm-hmm. Uh, who do what do they where do they need to go next? Um, well, they don't need to just diversify their cast. They also need to diversify who they're who they're hiring as directors. You know, their screenwriters. The whole the entirety of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is from its inception to you know even the background characters is very very male and very very white this is something i wanted to bring up during the daredevil panel that me and you had during salt lake Mm -hmm. comic-con and this was something that i did bring up in my two-part review of daredevil and that daredevil has three great female characters they have karen they have claire and they have vanessa however Mm -hmm. if you watch the entire series and you look at the background there are no women in that in that version of New York. There's just it looks like there are these three great women, and then there's nothing in the background. There's no women henchmen. It's just a very male dominated feeling, aside from like the old lady that they that Foggy and Karen befriend and um, Madame Guao. Those are like the only women mm-hmm. apparently in this entire version of of New York City, and that's just basic paying attention to your back paying attention to what you're doing and making a conscious effort to make sure that you are being more inclusive and there's really no reason you can't be inclusive inclusivity is not going to breed boredom or stagnation or anything like that it is when you are inclusive you will draw in more people better people interesting people new stories the thing is, there's, yeah, there, there's tons of directions they can go there. Yeah, and you know, you need to hire people who can tell stories that you know. If you're going to tell the story of, say, someone of a person of color, you need to hire a person of color to tell that story because, I mean, I can't speak on behalf of a guy. I don't know what it's like to be a guy, and you know, I'm going to presume neither one of you are going to presume to speak on behalf of women. It's like you, there are people out there who want to tell these stories, so. Let them get out there and tell their stories. That's not just the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This applies heavily towards the comics as well, especially because Marvel's doing a big relaunch in the next couple of weeks. They need to hire more writers of color, more women, you know, some trans people, some people who have alternative lifestyles of all different kinds. These people have stories to tell. Let them tell them. 
I have a quick question about the Marvel Universe. Um, yep. The uh, Fox owns the mutants. Yes. Does yep. that include like Excalibur or X Force? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's um, Fox doesn't just own the X Men; they own the entire concept of mutants. That's why when you watched Age of Ultron, they never referred to Scarlet Witch or Quicksilver as mutants. They referred to mm-hmm. them as enhanced. You can't even say the word mutant in a in a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. That's lame, because in the mutant universe, there are tons of really oh, yeah. awesome female characters. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Excalibur, uh, it was like more, it was three women and two men to start off we with. We have, uh, you know, uh, Laura is taking over the mantle of Wolverine in X-23. Oh, I mean, that's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm super excited about that. She, she's great. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that they're... they're Unfortunately, Marvel is kind of in a weird position where a lot of their big headliners are held by Fox, but they do have some great female characters that they can mine right now. Miss Marvel, how is the new Miss Marvel not on television yet? Like I don't know. I mean, your daughter's reading Miss Marvel, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah the, the new uh, the new the new Miss Mar- yeah, Marvel. Yeah, Kamala series, Khan. Yeah. She is yeah. perfect for primetime mm-hmm. TV. Perfect. Like, I cannot think of a more perfect character for primetime TV. The Young Avengers, get America Chavez on television, get Kate Bishop mm-hmm. on TV, or in movies, or anywhere. I mean, they have women out there that are great and interesting. They just need to make a little effort to actually bring them in. I mean, no one cared about Iron Man before he the movie was made. Iron Man was a C-lister. As mm-hmm. much as, you know... At, yeah, a C-lister at, at best. Yeah, people don't want to admit this now. But when Iron Man was made, nobody knew who Iron Man was. <laughs> mm-hmm. and he was the guy that the Avengers stayed in. He stayed in his tower. That was about all yeah. Stark was good for. He was, yeah, he like was being he a was giant like jerk. Back. <laughs> yeah. So they they can't claim that they don't have any big names when mm-hmm. the whole thing was kicked off by not a big name. Mm-hmm. And considering how big Kamala Khan has become, how big Captain Marvel has become, how you, how big Black Widow has become, you know, they have these great characters out there. They just need to put forth a little more effort to bring them to life. Well, and it's it's not even it's not even a big a, a big risk for them. No, they have no risks anymore. There, I mean, audiences have have shown time and time and time again nobody cares about the gender of the character it's it's the quality of the character and that's that's just the way it works good characters good characters make good shows yep nobody nobody cares what's going on under there (laughs) yeah it it's it's frustrating as a woman to see how little there is for young women, especially for kids, to grab onto in the movies. Now I guess they have they have Widow and they have Scarlet Witch, and that's about it. And if we're going into the movies, they've got you know Quake and they've got uh, they've got Daisy, they've got May, they've got Gemma, and you know. But if the, you want to see how big the untapped market is there was a moment in at San Diego Comic-Con this year while Haley Atwell was signing autographs where there was a Peggy Carter flash mob 
and I wish I could find pictures from this, there were probably close to 100 women standing around Haley Atwell, all cosplayed as Peggy, because she is a character that's speaking to women. They need more people, who's the women, characters that are speaking to women. That'd be awesome. And uh, we, we just had to call in from work. <laughs> Chris, you there? Hey, guys. What's going on? Hey. Hey, boss man. Do I sound okay? <laughs> Everything coming, coming through all right? Uh, you know, little little tinny. Sounds like you're on a phone, which you are. I am on a phone. <laughs> but that's okay. On a that's phone okay. in a steel tube. <laughs> you're actually not wrong. I'm actually sitting in the man trap of my building. Uh, <laughs> For those that don't know, a man trap's meant to keep somebody until the police come and get them. <laughs> 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 or it's the name of a club in downtown Salt Lake. I'm not sure. <laughs> it should be million dollar idea. Go ahead and run with that. Okay, sounds good. So what's uh, up, guys? What are you guys discussing tonight? We're we're talking we're talking about uh, the the rise of the the female superheroes oh. from Marvel. Uh, how there aren't enough, and there should be more. And yeah, no, I was enough. a bit disgusted to find out that we're not going to have Wasp show up in Civil War. Yes. Yeah. I was mad about that. Thank you for bringing that up. Like, don't show me a giant fucking reveal at the end of Ant-Man, which what? got my hopes up like, yay! Oh, yeah, way <laughs> into the movie, though. Mm. <laughs> Get my hopes up big time for it, and then all of a sudden, eh, we've already got too many people in the movie. We're not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. That was that was incredibly disappointing, especially after <laughs> they received so much backlash for killing Janet off screen as it is. Oh yeah, I I, yeah. I haven't I watched it a second time and I didn't see anything that they were talking about with that whole quantum space scene. Oh yeah, I was I've looked for that too. I didn't see it. And I'm not going to say it to anybody out there because I don't want to ruin the movie. I mean, the thing that I said wasn't a big reveal, but no, they, yeah. they've, they've released official images at this point. It's a yeah. The movie's been out in theaters for long enough that if you live anywhere near the internet, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah everything's been spoiled. Sorry, well, unless you're being very careful. The other thing that I'm just not revealing because it's a it's an integral part of the story. Yeah, I don't want to tell too much. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Yeah, I mean, why can't we have more female superheroes? What the fuck? It's not like the comic book world doesn't consist of 50% of them anyway. Yeah. Well, this is what I was talking about. This is what you missed part of the conversation. A lot of Marvel's headliners are owned by Fox currently, unfortunately. But they do have – but that's not an excuse. I'm not making excuses on behalf of Marvel at all. But their most well-known heroes are owned by Fox at the moment. But they, they have new headliners out there right now that they could be running with and that they are not. Well, it seems like uh, Marvel is doing well with the the female superhero thing when it comes to their television product. Yep. Not mm-hmm. so much with, and I caught the whole Haley Atwell thing just right there. Yeah. But mm-hmm. not with the uh, the movie scene. I mean, because we have the, uh, I'm sorry, I forget her name because I wasn't a huge fan of the Defenders. Um, Jessica Jones? Just yeah, that. Jessica Jones. That mm-hmm. I honestly don't know anything about her. I will be doing and a write-up for the website I, about her. <laughs> because I'm, I was, I'm a DC guy. I don't know a ton about Marvel most of the time. Oh, that's fine. Well, yeah, just you know, a quick, a quick rundown. She's a, uh, a, a uh, superhero, super strength, uh, that is currently suffering with uh, substance abuse problems and post-traumatic stress. 
Yeah, it's the, uh, the, the little <laughs> teaser trailer we got this week. <laughs> Hinted at yeah. Yeah, which is cool. currently working as a private eye, kind of snooping <laughs> around in superhero circles. Mm-hmm. But like with the, yeah. with the TV product, we had, um, like I said, Haley Atwell with uh, Agent Carter. Mm-hmm. We've got the people on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which have so many positive female role models. Yep. And they're not just one-dimensional characters either. That's something no, I really no, enjoy. No, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those people that's outrageously mm-hmm. invested in, uh, in Fitzsimmons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so when they broke them up last season, I was very, very upset. <laughs> and see, I am only at the beginning of season two. Mm-hmm. And so I see, uh, I can't remember which one it is, but the one that's separated from the other. Yes. And mm-hmm. he's, he's currently going through mental anguish over it. Yep. They break my so. little shipper heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I won't even lie. <laughs> well, that's such a, that's such a good relationship. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the other, the other thing, the other thing you missed just before you came in, we were, we were talking about how it's not even really a, a serious risk for, for these studios. No. Because audiences, audiences love good characters. Yeah. They don't care about the gender. And uh, I wish they would it, – it's the old fucks that run the money that need to mm-hmm. die off or you at least be replaced by people that understand the and this is something that thinking. this is something that I think is moving in the right direction because mm-hmm. Kevin Feig doesn't directly answer to Marvel now. Now he's got access to full-blown Disney money. I – I ha- I'm feeling a lot more optimistic now than I did before that major shift. Well, and not to get too far sidelined here, but uh, as a father that has three daughters, when we watch Disney Channel at home, 90% of the characters are female nowadays. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are there are shows with like boy characters and stuff, but they're mm-hmm. for the ones. I mean, not just because I have girls or anything, but it's it's a fact. It's a matter of fact that most of the main characters on their teen-driven shows or a lot of their cartoons are girl characters, and I think that's pretty fucking awesome. Well, Disney has so always with, known how to market to women, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, South Park teaches just... us anything. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, did anybody guys talk about anything else in the show? Did you talk about Pope Fluffy? <laughs> oh, yeah, we, we, we talked about the Pope a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Him groping in, up Kim Davis. In... Dismissive Okay, tones. that that was not an image I ever no. needed. Thank you for that. No. Well, well, she actually, I heard, had worn a disguise, like a wig, to the secret meeting. Oh, she did? Yeah. <laughs> so he would, she wouldn't uh, immediately be recognized by anybody. Oh, I'll need to, I'll need, <laughs> need to check on that. Cite your sources, yeah, I, Jason Chaffin. Cite your sources. Oh, God. Yeah, we talked about <laughs> oh, yeah. that, too. Yeah, we, we, rena- <laughs> we, we renamed him, too. Oh, the, you mean the future speaker of the house? Apparently, oh. you want to... yeah, future future speaker of the house, Jason Chaftats. Because he's so butthurt. <laughs> <laughs> he really is. I mean, sleeping yeah. on a cot inside your luxurious office, you know, not paying mm-hmm. rent. That must be really nice. Yeah, but Liv- I can go living off, living off the government dollar. Mm-hmm. You know, but you know, he wants a smaller <laughs> government. But he'll still cash that paycheck every week. <laughs> I'm a I'm uh, against getting a raise this year. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so how's uh how how is it being a being a prisoner of the state? Um, let me tell you, it's it's really fun, and I don't let details be known completely about what I do. 
But mm-hmm. for, if you work for the government, you know that October 1st is a big time of the year. I mean, you've seen it on the news because of the potential government shutdown that's been going on. Mm-hmm. Well, I am the uh, one of the guys that makes sure that the computers that keep the books straight for the government is up and running. So uh, October 1st is a busy time of year for me. It's a it's so much fun to be here for. Oh, let's see. My normal work week was 40 hours plus um, 28. I think I'm at now. Mm-hmm. So I've worked yeah, about that's... 70 hours this week. Ugh. But the good news is it's going to be over like in a day or two. So. Hooray. <laughs> Hooray. And I wouldn't mind so much because I'm one of the uh, the knowledge bases on the later shift. But for, like, all the other places that conference in with us, like, they don't do anything this time of night. So, honestly, mm-hmm. a good chunk of my being here is just occupying a chair. <laughs> Which isn't That's too bad, best. but That's... I'd rather be asleep, you know. <laughs> Asleep or any any number of other things that you could use your time for. Well, yeah. and uh, at, at the home life right now, I have currently uh, a sick spouse and two sick children, who are all looking at me like, "Why are you abandoning us?" <laughs> that was Kyle the week of Salt Lake Comic Con. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're like, but it's my job. It 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 it's gonna make a future for us somehow. And they're like, <laughs> Charlatan. <laughs> you say you care about us, but you do not. Uh, so we we know you only have a, we know you only have a few minutes left with us. Yeah, I uh, want to keep up you, your, but, your time with my yeah, tiny before you, <laughs> before you have to get back to your your chair yeah. um, to keep to keep your chair from rolling away. Um, <laughs> any uh, any movies you want to hear about before we before we get into that? Holy shit! What's a movie? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I heard The Wire was really good. Is that the name of it? The, 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 the Walk. The Walk. The Walk, yeah. The Walk. Uh, yeah, this movie is, is apparently making people uh, violently ill <laughs> in movie theaters. These are the same whistles. They get motion sickness from, like, the iOS welcome screen mm-hmm. when you unlock yeah, if your you, phone. <laughs> yeah, if, if you're susceptible at all to getting nauseous, uh, you probably don't want to go see this one in IMAX 3D. Yeah. But uh, let's see. I'm really looking forward to seeing the Warren Jeffs movie. Can't remember the name of it, but there's a documentary out right now about. Yeah, I I saw the, I saw the trailer for that one and noped out of it pretty quick. <laughs> You're like, nope. I got family. Nope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, this the yeah this this week the big ones this week the 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 walk is. Uh, Opening nationwide, it, it's in a few select theaters and IMAX uh, as of last week, but now it's nationwide. Uh, and then the other big one that just opened was The Martian. Oh yeah, I want to see that, but I don't think I can convince other people to go watch it with me. It really wouldn't be that hard. It's got amazing <laughs> mass appeal. Like seriously. It is. Yeah, I have not. Has have you heard anything negative about this movie? No. No. Okay. I. I actually went and looked. I, I scoured for negative reviews, um, and like the worst, the worst I could really find were um, audience reviews that were really annoyed by tiny little details. 
And they weren't even right about it. I was like, oh, you would never work like that. It's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, actually, it would. When you have when you have astrophysicists and and scientists and 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 botanists, All a, an actual rocket scientist watching a movie and going, seems legit. Yep. Yeah, there's one one scientific inaccuracy. The one big one, anyway. The one big scientific inaccuracy is is the giant storm in the beginning of the movie that kicks everything off. Oh yeah, because there's not quite enough gravity for that. There not not enough atmosphere mm-hmm. for there to be that big of a storm. Yeah, and when and when they asked the author the the author of the book about it, the only thing he could really say is, "Yeah, I know, <laughs> but I need him a gun. But <laughs> yeah, we needed we needed something to happen, mm-hmm. so." <laughs> We just took a little bit of artistic license there, and we tried to make everything else. We tried to make up for it with everything else. Yep. Well, at least it's not trying to be interstellar and have four oh. dimensions. Oh, it is. It is so far. <laughs> oh, it is so God, much better. God, interstellar. That was yeah. one of the funniest things that I have ever seen on our website. Was one glowing review, one person going "eh," and me going "I hate this movie." <laughs> <laughs> It was the most divided I have ever seen us before. It was hilarious. That's Nolan for you. Yep. Oh, were you were you around in the Pacific Rim days? I was not. <laughs> uh, but you yeah, guys already uh, know I'm on Team Pacific Rim, so. Oh uh, yeah, no that that was one that if if me and Jason had been in the same in the same room. Yeah, it would have come to blows. Not, it probably would have come to blows. Seems legit. <laughs> So yeah, the the Martian is is in, an incredible movie. Um, it, it shouldn't be a hard sell for anybody. No. It's it's got it's got it's good humor, mm-hmm. incredibly good humor. Yes. Well, let's just put it this way: the the last movie that we watched together, me and my wife, uh, was Fast Seven or Furious Seven, and that was under her direction. So, <laughs> and. I'm a, I was a defender of the Fast and the Furious movies until I watched that one. <laughs> really? That's like the opposite of everybody. Yeah, because it – and I can't go into complete detail because I don't have my notes with me, but I was I was rolling my eyes so hard. <laughs> oh, yeah. I well, it because I enjoy dumb action comedy, like buddy comedy kind of things like that, but it, this one was just so stupidly ham-fisted I couldn't even take it. It was so it was so unintentionally funny, except for The Rock, except for Dwayne Johnson, who I think got that it was really ridiculous <laughs> and hammed it up to the point where he was hilarious. Well, and I'm Vin going Diesel's to flex the cast off. Yeah, I know. Oh my god! You know, I, I just broke this arm, but I'm going to flex and be fixed again. Yeah. But, uh, Vin uh, Diesel is going to be directing the eighth one. Mm-hmm. That's the rumor, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll which, see how that goes. Which but, might do well because I actually enjoyed Riddick. Mm-hmm. I thought, he's, I mean, he's he's somewhat good as a director. I think he just needs a a project to work on. He, it just need it just needs a decent script. It yeah. just needs a decent script, and he can and he can run with it. Um, and the way they've set up their universe, really, that script could come from anywhere. Yeah, they have like no canon. I can't remember. Did he actually kill Jason Statham at the end of that movie? Oh no, he was put in a cell. That's right. Yeah. Uh, oh, that movie was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Landon? Did you ever catch Furious Seven? 
No, I kind of tapped. Like, when they first started coming out, I even started collecting them. And after about yeah. three, I kind of, like, went, meh. Yeah, after Tokyo Drift is when the wheels fell off, really. I mean, literally fell off. It, it felt that way in the second movie because... Car metaphor. I, you guys, I mean, not everybody here is a car person. I'm a car person. I know cars. And they had a little uh, short film that they made that bridged between uh, Fast and Furious 1 and Fast and Furious 2. Mm-hmm. And Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Hmm. In that they... scene, Al oh. Walker gets, like, the the fan of Japanese car, like, cream dream vehicle, which is, like, a Skyline R34. He abandons that in the second movie in exchange for, like, a Mitsubishi Lancer because they sponsored the movie. And it was just, like, everybody in the car <laughs> world was like, what? <laughs> oh, those movies That's are just the... dumb. There was a reason why I watched them all drunk. Yeah. Yeah. Which was a great, that was a great blog, series of blogs. That's why I'm going to do it again. (laughs) (laughs) Because I like drinking by myself. (laughs) (laughs) It's really the best way to go. Uh, I think we lost. Yeah, we, we, we lost, we lost, we lost X. Oh, well, I'm pretty sure he has to go back to work anyway. He, He used up his allotted break time. He says, oh, bother. (laughs) (laughs) You know, not entirely a female comic book character related, but like I was flipping through some of the few comics that I have. Sadly, they're like all mutant series. Mm -hmm. But in the the X-Force first issue, in the back, it has like some characters, little bio by... uh, the leader of the X-Force, and (laughs) there's a bio on Deadpool. (laughs) 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 Oh, I'm looking forward to that movie. I am too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now now that Daredevil has has once and for all proven that you can actually have uh, a a Marvel, a a superhero action movie that does really well Well, in in the uh, universe. have you heard the rumor about the uh, the comedy coming out from Marvel Entertainment? Yep, we yep. talked about yep. that damage control. Oh, damage control? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have not read any of those comics, but I do kind of want to seek them out now. Yeah. The whole bunch I'm, of construction crew people being pissed off that someone ruined the city again that day. <laughs> yep. The the possibilities for, for turning that into a comedy are endless. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, uh, uh, I especially like this last line about Deadpool because <laughs> it goes through the bio. It says, "Yeah, he's been frequently known to switch allegiances to the other side in the middle of a fight if the price is right." <laughs> and he's all on a personal. This is a, uh, I guess, Cable. You know who he is? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's yeah. another. Yeah, it's this is Cable's guide. It, it, these are like his personal notes. He's all on a personal note for purely selfish reason. I'd love another crack at this guy. He deserves to enjoy the feel of my fist in his big mouth once or twice or three times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's another... Him and Deadpool were both Rob Lee-filled character mm-hmm. characters that were created back in the day. 
Oh, right. Which kind of makes me wonder, okay, so is Cable a part of the canon part of the Fox universe then? I guess he would have to be. Yeah. Since he's an yeah. Yes, I believe so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Son of Scott Summers and Jean Grey and infected yeah. with the technovirus. So convoluted. Mm-hmm. Comics are weird. The very, very weird, and <laughs> the fact that there are two or three versions of everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't even have to really worry about those characters anymore because they're all going away. Oh yeah, I mean and they, they are rebooting. And they're going to be. Yep. They're they're doing the reboot of the Marvel Universe, I think, this month coming yeah, up. Yeah, they are. And mm-hmm. uh, fun fact to anybody who reads Marvel comics, all of those new number ones are going to cost you five ninety nine. Congratulations! Holy fuck! <laughs> I jumped uh, out of the game when they were four twenty five a pop. I can't afford that hobby anymore. Are you kidding me? It's only yeah. the number for one. For 24 pages with ads? Are you kidding me? Gosh. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's only the number ones that are going to be that much, which is not an excuse at all, but uh, I can almost sort of justify Marvel's three ninety nine a book thing if you get a mm-hmm. digital copy with it, which is pretty cool. Like, I have like 600 digital fo- comics now, and half of them are from hard copies with the codes. But five ninety nine for number one is ridiculous. Yeah, they're they're getting up, they're getting a little pricey. It kind of hurts. Well, it does. to make you feel but it's even only for more the early adopters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to make you feel even more old, these two number ones, ninety one, I think, is what year they are. They're a buck fifty. <laughs> I have one of my coworkers just gave me a special edition X-Men number 1 from 1983. That's 225. Wow, that was pricey back then. Yeah. <laughs> well, special so edition. So they probably have a history of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I've got I think I've got the the best number 1 I've got is a toss-up between um Sabretooth number 1. Mm-hmm. And a spawn number one, but that's not Marvel. Image. Speaking of things mm-hmm. that we should talk about one day, that I would love to talk mm-hmm. to you guys about one day, is the turnaround Image has had in the last five years or so. Oh, <laughs> well, God, that's, those yeah, guys that's are all. That's a hell of a conversation to have. Wasn't it started by former Marvel artists? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. Yes, yeah, and then they crashed and burned with everybody else in the mid '90s, and now they've completely revamped themselves as this amazing place to go if you have an incredible original story to tell. And they are putting out just book upon book that are just Eisner award-winning material. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. It's a good, uh, good point in time. Good time to be a, to be a comic nerd. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I just realized I have a bunch of image comics too. <laughs> <laughs> Which this is just telling me we need to have our own geeky nerdy podcast on, uh, Hot health. Besides oh, the we'll get there. Ads. Oh, we, we're, we'll get there. Don't we? Don't you worry. <laughs> we'll definitely get there. But that uh, thing that thing that's going to take us to the the end of our our main topic. Uh, so before uh, before we lose you again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> do, you, do you have any uh, do you have any highs or lows or uh, any any fun things you'd like to share? Uh, let's see, high point for me this week would be the fact that my oldest daughter has finally had her turnaround. She doesn't despise me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Little kids go through these these swings where they're like, I don't want to be around him. 
I don't like him. I don't, I don't want to be around him. And then all of a sudden I'm getting like notes in my lunch that says, dad, I love you. It's like, yay. I mean something again. Hooray. <laughs> and for a load this week, uh, let's see. Um, having enough time to only enough time to get up, have a shower, cook a meal for the family and have to go back to work again. That That is just a low feeling because you feel like you live at the job and you're visiting the house. And that's yep. just a wrong way mm-hmm. of doing things. Yeah, definitely but the wrong way of doing things. We do what we got to do to survive. Yep. Yep. Stupid bills. <laughs> yeah. Stupid bills. Hopefully, hopefully at the end of this, you actually get some uh, some time off. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've, I've built up like mm-hmm. <laughs> like a week's worth of time off just about. Good. So how about you, Landon? Any highs or lows? Anything you want to share? Um, yeah, I guess the high would be probably this weekend. I got to spend some time with my girlfriend and go to a little kid's birthday party and meet some people, some of her friends and stuff. So that was probably my high point. Um, low, uh, you know, work's just been super busy because end of month stuff going on. We're still trying to keep up from that, so. Kaylin? Uh, because we're we're like eight weeks away from Christmas. So. Yeah. Oh God! Thanks for reminding me. Yeah. yeah. And how how many weeks away from Halloween? Four. Uh, yeah. Not 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 nearly enough. <laughs> not enough. This is Halloween. <laughs> uh, what's you have any you have any highs or lows, Caitlin? Uh, highs have just been getting lots of awesome emails from New York and invites to press rooms and just getting ready to go to cover another Comic-Con, which is just crazy and nerve-inducing, but very exciting. Uh, Low would probably be the movie that neither of us can talk about yet that we had to see yesterday. (laughs) Was it that bad? Yes. Uh, Because my my oldest really wants to see it. Don't. Uh, don't. I mean, I, don't. I, I've known doom and gloom, and I'm still not going to say the name of it, but when you see a trailer for a movie and it doesn't actually come out for like a year and a half after you see that first trailer, mm-hmm. there's problems. <laughs> the, yeah, problems is only scratching the surface. Yep. Um, the, the, sad, the sad part about this is this is going to be one of those that the the target demographic the really young audience is going to adore the movie. And your parents they have to no, see it then. Uh, your your parent the parents are going to want to put their keys through their eyes though. Yeah. So that just yeah, tells so, me to bring bring a little bit extra in my Utah Outcast flask for this movie. Yes. That would, <laughs> I I think at the end of my review I just suggested taking off the three day three D glasses and taking a nap <laughs> would be a better way to spend your time. Probably. But uh, you won't find well, out the name of that movie until next week, probably. Thursday. <laughs> yep, Thursday. Yep, and, yep there's Thursday, and you'll be able to catch the reviews on watchplayread.com, both mine and, and Caitlin's. Uh, you can also find our reviews for The Walk and The Martian, uh, as well as every other, almost every other new release that they decide to let us see. Yep, we, uh, we wrote reviews for Sicario for last week. Um, mm-hmm. Which that one that one was was interesting. Yeah, Sicario was good. It was intense. I really want um, to see that. Uh, and I got to review this weird indie called Narcopolis that mm-hmm. I wrote a review for. 
And that one sounds really interesting. It was, um, it was interesting. Yeah. It was, you know, indie that didn't have enough money to make up for certain faults. <laughs> Poor indie movies. Mm-hmm. Too ambitious for their own good sometimes. Yeah. So the uh, the, the unnamed movie um, that we can't talk about yet. That was yeah. That was that was kind of my low point for the week. Uh, Especially after the uh, last week was so good. I know. We had, it was so good. We we had a while since we've seen a, a legitimately bad movie. Well, like a week wasn't before we've seen a legitimately bad movie, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not, those. The Martian, The Walk, uh, Scario. Those were those were pretty high points. Yeah. Uh, I was really happy to have those. Um, really happy to have a, a week. Even even with three screenings in in one week. Mm-hmm. To have all just, three of them be good is just a miracle. To have all three of them be good, I uh, got to I got to spend the day with the uh, that Saturday. I got to spend the day with with my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's yeah. You, you forget you forget how fun how fun little people can be sometimes. Uh, also, do want to remind everybody about the upcoming Atheists of Utah uh, Halloween party and the. Uh, trunk or treat uh, Halloween party is October 24th uh, trunk or treat is October 30th uh, bring your kids to that one that one's going to be a lot of fun uh, and that's that's going to be it that's that's it for the show I will have uh, coverage from New York Comic Con filtering in for the next probably the rest of the month depending <laughs> on how long <laughs> it takes me to, to transcribe <laughs> interviews and press rooms and that stuff takes for freaking ever <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yep. And keep an eye on the uh, the Watch Play Read Facebook and and Twitter. There's there's probably going to be a couple fun things coming out, uh, de- depending on what you can send us from the floor. Yep. I will be updating my Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and all that stuff as I as we go along, and I will see possibly about trying to periscope some stuff if I can as well. Nice. So we will have yeah we will have all those things online for uh, for you guys. Uh, so that's going to wrap it up for, for this week. I'll be back next week in full effect. We are going to probably start rolling into having video on the show one of these days. Um, mm-hmm. I have to update the YouTube and everything like that. It's been a crazy two weeks for everybody. For yeah. <laughs> for everybody. But yeah, take us so home. Yep. Oh, take us home. Yep. That's it for us. Uh, so we're going to leave you guys with, uh, oh, let's say a little David Bowie tonight. Yeah. How about Life on Mars? Seems, seems appropriate for this week. Oh, so good night. <laughs> good night, everybody. You're Have welcome. <laughs> it's a god-awful small affair To the girl with the mousy hair But her mummy is yelling no her daddy has told her to go But her friend is nowhere to be seen Now she walks through her sunken dream To the seat with the clearest view And she's hooked to the silver screen But the film is a saddening ball For she's lived it ten times or more She could spit in the eyes of fools Oh man, look at the 
When you get a ticket for not wearing your seatbelt, it comes from the police. And from your mother. And your best friend. And your family. We want you to buckle up every trip, every time. Three out of four people ejected from a vehicle in a crash will die. If you won't do it for yourself, do it for us. We like having you around. Click it or ticket. A message from the Michigan Office of Highway Safety Planning. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. 